I think so many times in life, the unknown is scary. But when you know you're doing something, it just becomes a logical matter of putting together lists and organizing things and checking things off. And that's what I did. Welcome to the Live, Work, Travel podcast. I'm your host, Michonne Thomas, a former middle school teacher who quit at 30 to become a six-figure freelancer and digital nomad instead. You're in the right place if you're ready to learn how freelancing can help you to work from anywhere, make great money, and live a life that you design. I'm sharing everything I've learned to get to where I am today in order to support you on your journey because this lifestyle is simply too good not to share. So a question I'm always asked, is how. How did I move abroad? How did I get started on this journey? And I talk about the freelancing side quite a bit, but today I want to talk about the travel part. How do you just pick up and move your life abroad? And it comes down to three simple words, basically, buy the ticket. So that's where I started. Back years ago, I met a friend for lunch and he had been traveling for about nine years and we were sitting there talking about where I might go. All I knew at that point was that I was going and I had a idea of when by the end of this year. And so he had offered, he traveled through lots of South America and lived there for quite a while. And he just offered, you know, do you want some of my recommendations on maybe where to go? Because it was strange. I was having this complex of like, wow, okay, I can work remotely now and I can live anywhere. Where do I want to go? And it's almost like there's too much choice. I needed a way to narrow it down. So I thought to myself, okay, South America. Why? Because I always wanted to learn Spanish. So I thought instead of having the entire world available to choose from, I'm going to narrow it down to Spanish speaking countries. And while I had studied abroad in Spain in university, the rules in Spain meant that I could only stay for 90 days and then I would have to leave. So I thought, well, South America rules are the same. You know, with my passport, I can stay places for 90 days. But instead of not having other countries nearby, like Spain, I would just, you know, have to go away for a while and stop speaking Spanish and then come back. So if I start in South America, I can just hop from one country to the next. I can keep moving every three months, but I can keep speaking Spanish. So that narrowed it down some. And my friends, said, hey, you know, of all the places I've lived here, like my top five cities that I think you would like. And Medellin, Colombia was at the top of the list. And I thought, what the heck? Sounds good. Why not? (laughs) You hear crazy stories about Medellin, but I take the opinion of someone who's lived there and been there more so over what you see and hear in the news or on Netflix or from concerned family and friends saying, oh my God, why would you go there? It's so dangerous. You know? So I was like, what? Okay. I've got a decision. I've got a place. So I thought, I want to manage in Colombia. We were talking about lunch too. And, and he said the same advice I just gave you earlier, just buy the ticket. Because once you've bought the ticket, everything else falls into place. You know, you have a date now, you've made it concrete, and then you'll figure out everything else along the way. So I bought the ticket on June 8th and the ticket date was December 8th. So I had six months, bought a one-way ticket from Fort Lauderdale to Medellin, Colombia. That made it real. I had plenty of time to prepare, but holy shit, I had a date. And I was living in Las Vegas at the time, So I bought my other ticket, you know, a few days earlier to connect from leaving Vegas and flying to Fort Lauderdale, staying there for a few days and then flying to Columbia. And the reason I gave myself that few day gap was to visit a good friend in Fort Lauderdale and say goodbye to her and her family before heading out, but also to acclimate my cat to traveling. 
because when I moved abroad, I took my cat with me. And that was pretty crazy because, you know, people said like, that's nuts. Nobody travels with a cat, you know, dogs. Yeah. But a cat, that's insane. Why would you do that? Just leave your cat here, go do your thing, you know, come back. But like, for me, that was not an option. My cat at that time, she was about 11 or 12, maybe. And she'd been in my life for years, over a decade. There was no in hell. I was just giving her up. So I had to figure out all of that stuff. And it seems so daunting, so insurmountable. How the hell am I going to get the paperwork together? How am I going to get my cat out of the country? She'd never flown before. She had gone on several cross-country trips with me. I got her in Ohio and then had moved to Florida. I moved out to Vegas. So these are all car trips. And she travels really well. But I had no idea what she was going to be like on a flight. So yeah, and all the paperwork, all the things. But basically I thought, okay, I want to have some leeway to get to Fort Lauderdale. She'll do that flight from Vegas to Fort Lauderdale. And then we'll settle in for a few days, see how that is. And then we'll go, you know, on to Columbia. And that's what we ended up doing. But I'm getting ahead of myself. That was, you know, way ahead in December. Once I booked the flight in June, it was scary, but it felt good. I think so many times in life, the unknown is scary. But when you know you're doing something, it just becomes a logical matter of putting together lists and organizing things and checking things off. And that's what I did. I opened up a Google document and I just started brain dumping everything I could possibly think of that I needed to do in the six months, you know, and then I went back and organized it by timing. There was very little that I could do right away. A lot of stuff had to wait up until much closer to the trip. For example, selling my car. I didn't want to do that until like a week before I was leaving. I needed my car. Donating clothes, you know, getting rid of clothes and condensing things down in order to leave. You know, I didn't want to do that right away either. I wanted my clothes. I wanted to wear my clothes and my shoes and use all my purses. And I used to have a lot more stuff. I didn't want to give that stuff up right away. That's not something I would do in June. I would do it in December, right before I left. So once the list was made, that was just, you know, very filling or very rewarding to look at it and go, wow, okay, this list is big, but everything on this list is doable because it's one thing at a time. There were more complicated things like researching how to take my cat abroad, what documents I would need for her, what shots she would need, what paperwork from the vet we would need. And there were other things like complications, like how do I sell my car? You know, like have it up until the last possible minute, but then sell it and leave. But once you have everything in a list, it's easy to tackle one at a time and figure things out. What I ended up doing with my car because of the timing issue is I went to CarMax and sold it through them. Did I get the most money for it and the best deal? No, it was also an older car and wasn't going to fetch a whole lot. But instead of selling it, you know, private party, like to another person online, taking care of it myself, I went the easier route because I knew that I could go into CarMax and say, hey, what do you give me for this? And then they gave me a price and then you had like a week to decide or whatever to bring it back in. So I was able to use it up until that, you know, seventh day and then bring it in and be like, okay, here's the car, you know, yada, yada, get rid of it and everything. So, so many times when things are big, if we just leave them in our head, they seem impossible, insurmountable. But once we take them out of our head, we write them down. It's just process, right? It's just putting one foot in front of the other step by step until you accomplish the thing. In retrospect, looking back, it was absolutely fascinating to me how easy it all was. I didn't know anybody who had ever moved abroad, not for good. You know, I had done it in 
college. Me and my two roommates went to Spain for a semester. But you know, back then you're still a kid, you know, 21, 20, and you're just following adults. Actual grown-ups are still telling you what to do. You know, our guidance counselor or the person in charge of the study abroad program, they're putting all these things together. They're doing all these things for you. They've kind of created the checklist. They've taken lots of kids through this before. You're following someone else's thing. So to put it together yourself is scary, but still so possible. So later after I did it, you know, I'm sitting there in Colombia, looking back going, holy shit, (laughs) I cannot believe I've done this. But it also made sense. It was just like, yeah, I followed my 87 point checklist. And now here I am. This is the logical thing that happens at the end of following all the steps. So that's the biggest takeaway that I have that I would give to you is that if you want to do this, buy the ticket and then put together your checklist to make it happen. I had my dates so that I could start to put together a plan. I knew I was arriving on December 8th. My birthday was shortly after that. And then you had Christmas and you had New Year's. So it's like, okay, one of the first things I'm going to want to do when I arrive is meet some people, you know, have some people to hang out with for my birthday, for Christmas, for New Year's. Cool. And I also want to take Spanish classes because I don't know a lick of Spanish, right? Like I studied abroad in Spain when I was 21, but I hadn't used Spanish in like 13 years. So it was all gone. Basically, it's all a process of working backwards. Once I knew where I wanted to live, then I could start researching neighborhoods that were safe for tourists. Once I decided what area of town I wanted to live in, I could start to look for Spanish schools that were close to there. And once I found a couple Spanish schools and either through looking through their website and social media, finding out more details, once I picked a Spanish school, I could decide where I wanted to live. So it's all like stacking on each thing that comes before. I didn't want to go to a Spanish school where I had to wake up and ride the metro every day to go to school. Because when I went there, I was very serious about learning Spanish. I didn't speak it. I knew I would need it to get around. I was ready to do this in a way that I was not ready to do when I was 21 and studying in Spain and boys and parties were way more interesting than, you know, study abroad had just been a way to get out of the U.S. and go travel and have some fun and have a good time. I was ready to really give it my all and learn. So I enrolled in an intensive Spanish course. It was 20 hours a week, four hours a day, Monday through Friday. And I knew that I didn't want to be waking up and riding the metro every day to and from. I wanted a place that was walkable. So once I had that radius, I could search for Airbnbs that were nearby within walking distance to the school. And I could filter those down by the ones that would accept pets. And then I could make a decision and just pick one. And then once I had my Airbnb, I could figure out where it was in relation to the airport and plot out how I was going to get there on December 8th. So again, just everything interconnected, but when it's broken down into small pieces, it's not so scary and unmanageable. And before I knew it, I had all this stuff plotted out and a whole life planned and waiting for me in Colombia on arrival. I chose to live in Airbnbs because for me, it was the simplest thing to do. Instead of dealing with somebody local directly, without speaking Spanish, without knowing the market, without knowing all those details that you can figure out once you have feet on the ground, it was just so much easier to go with Airbnb, a trusted company. I knew what I was getting into with Airbnbs, having used them in the States before, and the simplicity to be able to filter for things that I really wanted, like you know a pet-friendly apartment, good internet, and a washing machine. Having one there in the building versus having to go out and do laundry, like those were the initial things that were really important to me. And plus, you can look at the pictures in advance. I wanted a place with a view. You know, I just felt like it would be comfortable and homey. And it was. I ended up staying in that same apartment for almost 
four months and it worked out really well. In fact, the whole experience, the entire time that I lived in Colombia, the whole start to finish from planning to executing, getting there, it worked out so well that Colombia Medellin will always have a special place in my heart just as the epitome of showing myself, you can do this. You can do something big. You can do something scary. You can do something with zero experience. You don't know how you're going to do it. You just decided that you're going to do it and you made it happen. And it worked out so smoothly. (laughs) Just the entire time in Medellin went so well. I loved my Spanish classes, met great teachers, met amazing other people who were traveling. I've made some lifelong friends from the very first days in Spanish school. That very first week that I was in Spanish school, I still keep in touch with several of those students. I actually went on to visit Stonehenge in England with a couple that I met through that very first week of Spanish school. She just had incredible experiences, learned how to be in a foreign country, learned how to live abroad, learned how to have every day be new and different and challenging, but trust myself that I was going to figure it out. In fact, the biggest thing that stands out in terms of a a blip or a struggle in Colombia was when I went to leave and actually I had messed up the paperwork (laughs) with my cat to get her out of the country. So smooth sailing all during my time in Colombia. But when I left, didn't have the correct paperwork for her. And that ended up with like a missed flight and all these hours in the airport. But at the same time, I figured that out also. And it was awful in the time and not something I'd ever want to go through again. But it taught me, okay, you thought you checked, you know, crossed all your T's, dotted all your I's, but you didn't. You made some mistakes here. Got to suffer the consequences of those mistakes, got to learn from them and figure it out next time. That was an absolutely, you know, just a crazy, grueling day and difficult, but hey, that's the break sometimes, right? Now, whether you're planning to travel abroad, to move abroad, to live abroad or not, the big takeaway from this, and as I'm recording this episode and kind of reflecting back on my life now, you know, that was about five and a half years ago, the takeaways from that have been so important in my life and not just when it comes to travel. The takeaway that's really key, what matters is going back and understanding that you and I and every person who exists, we can design our lives. And if we don't design our lives, we'll often not do the things that we want to do, big or small, simply out of fear. The unknown is extremely scary, but when you pick something that you want to do, you then have a point from which to work backwards. You work backwards to, you've got this point in the future, and then you work backwards to where you are right now. And you just brainstorm and fill in all the things that you can think of on how you're going to get from where you are today to that place. Now, your brainstorm may not be perfect. You don't know all of the things, right? And you maybe brainstorm five things. And after you get the first one done, you realize you've got seven more that you didn't even think about. So you add those in and then you keep adding, keep adding. That's just life, right? But how sad is it if we never even try because we're just so afraid of like, oh, I don't know everything I'm going to have to do to get there. No one ever knows everything that they're going to have to do to get there. And if they did, wouldn't that be boring? Wouldn't it really be boring if you just life was a series of someone else hands you this list of all these things that you just plod along, checking them off, checking them off, checking them off, and then you die. We want predictability or we think we do and it's safe and it's comfortable. But in reality, that would be such 
such a boring way to live. So it's exciting to embrace the unknown, to go for things that you don't think you can do, that you don't know how to do, to push yourself in order to do them. Recording this episode from Split Croatia and an incredible view, you know, of the Adriatic Sea, tiled rooftops, just the sun is shining today. You've got the mountains, you've got the trees, you've got the water, people swimming and jet skiing and kayaking and friends coming by later that are meeting up with me. We're all going to go down to the beach and just hang out on a beautiful day. I would hate to have missed this because I was afraid of doing that first leap, you know, buying that first ticket. I've lived in, I don't know how many countries now, and Every time it gets easier to the point where it becomes automatic, right? Like I'm going to England after Croatia for a few months. And after England, I have no idea where I'll be, but I know how I'm going to get there. I'm going to buy the ticket and then I'm going to work backwards and put everything I need to do in place, see if I need a visa, see if I need paperwork, see what I need, and I'll get there to wherever the next stop is after England. And I want to be open and honest too about sharing the fact that this is not always easy. No one does it perfectly. And it's easy to hear me probably talking about this and think, okay, well, she can do that, but I can't. She had X, Y, Z going for her that I don't. And to be perfectly honest, I've had some points recently in my life where I'm just completely drifting, kind of aimless. I don't know what the next steps are. I don't know why I don't feel great. I'm not sure what I'm meant to be doing. You know, kind of the stuff that I always thought when I was younger. I'm going to have my life figured out by the time I get to be 38. Well, I'm 38 and I still don't have my life figured out. I don't know what the next steps are. I have done this life for the last five years. I don't know what I want for the next five. And so I've noticed myself being in a drift pattern, just kind of waiting and just like, oh, I don't know. I don't feel great. I don't know what's next and I'm not sure what to do about it. And in the recording of this episode, sharing this so that hopefully others can listen and learn from it, but it's also therapeutic for me because I have to hear myself and listen to the same stuff that I am telling you and go, okay, I need to take my own teachings. It's a little bit of your own medicine. I am telling this and sharing this and I'm realizing at the same moment, I've not been doing that in my own life. I got so used to kind of, okay, this is my life and I'm going here and I'm doing this and all that. And I didn't even notice that I'd fallen into a pattern of drifting. And the reason lately that I've been feeling lethargic or feeling like I can't do something is because basically I need to buy another ticket. And I don't mean that in a travel sense. I mean, I need to sit down and be like, what is the next thing that I want to accomplish? What is the pinpoint that I'm going to set in my future and then decide to work backwards from? What is the next goal? And then how do I lay out the first five steps on that path? And then maybe I'll take the first one and seven more will appear. And then I'll take a few more and then more will appear. How do I set something up that is going to keep me striving for something new? And it's that old advice. Just buy the ticket. Just take that first step. Just make that first choice. So this is so important when designing a life. And I think the thing that I forget that I'm realizing as I record this is that it doesn't stop. It's not just a one-time thing. You design the next phase of your life, whether that be five months, whether that be five years. You design the next phase and then you get to a point where you've done the thing. And then you have to book the next ticket or design the next stage of your life. So it's this constant thing. And I always forget this. I think that like, oh, I'll just figure it out one day and I'll just like 
sort it and then my life will be good. (laughs) It's like, no, you set up a thing, you achieve it. You set up another thing, you achieve it. And you go forth through life like that. Don't have to be big things. They don't have to be travel things. It can be goals that you set with yourself for your own personal development or in your freelancing career or with your family or to better a relationship with somebody. Like These goals can be whatever they are, but we don't just achieve them and then get to a point where we rest. We always have to be thinking about, okay, cool. I've achieved this. But as a human, part of being a human is growing. So what's the next thing that I'm going to grow toward? So I hope that has been helpful for you guys today. I had a lot of deep thoughts recording this episode and a lot of realizations. And I'm excited to actually head down to the beach right now and take my little notebook with me and jot out some ideas for what I'm going to choose as my next goal, my next, so to speak, ticket. And I hope you will be doing the same, whether it is buying an actual ticket somewhere and then working your way backward in order to travel there, or just setting up something that you want to design, that you want to create in your life. I wish you so much success in your journey. If you'd like to chat, please do reach out anytime on Instagram at liveworktravelig. You can also get a hold of me by email at hello at liveworktravel.com. And that's all for this week. I will be back next Monday with another episode. Take care. Take care.